guardian angels and patron saints. Pray for us. These beautiful words of our Lord, this invitation to, to come to him and receive rest were an interesting meditation for me. I came across a story recently that reflected a dimension of that invitation that was new to me. And I was able to make some connections that I'd not made before. The connection really pertained to this, that the rest Jesus talks about here isn't the rest that comes from having all of our burdens lifted from us. The rest that he's talking about is something much more like perseverance in the carrying of our burdens. For it is a yoke that our Lord asks us to carry. Though that yoke is easy, it is nonetheless a yoke. We are asked to pull, to carry, to strive, and to persevere, and to find a kind of rest in it. That's a, a paradox. How can we find rest in our struggles? How can we find rest in the burdens that we carry? How can we find rest in our suffering? Ought we even to do that? I think it's an important reminder that we ought not seek out suffering unnecessarily. But precisely where we find suffering to be unavoidable, our Lord is inviting us, come to me, come to me. I will help you bear this. I will not take it away from you, but I will help you carry it. I've weighed this cross, and it is not a single ounce too heavy for you to carry if you allow me to carry it with you. The story that brought these reflections to mind was something I came across recently. It's a story of a man who found a certain situation in his life unbearable, and he put an end to it. That situation was a difficult marriage. It tells the story of how he discovered rest in that situation. I'll tell some of this in his own words. While my wife and I were still divorced, our younger son, Chris, would occasionally spend the weekend at the home of his middle school friend, whose name was Ray. When our son Chris arrived back home, he wouldn't say anything about his visit or the time that he spent with him, but I could read his body language and perceive something that was left unsaid. You didn't have to be a genius to understand that Chris really liked spending time at his friend's house, and the reason was clear. He loved their family life. All I had to do was look into Chris's eyes, his father says, to look into his eyes to see that he wished he had a family like their family. A family with a gregarious, big-hearted, affectionate mom and dad who clearly loved each other. And I knew that this was precisely what I had deprived Chris and his brother of. It was this loving marriage that first caused me to wonder if I had made a huge mistake in divorcing my wife and breaking our family apart. I don't know if my son could have articulated this if he had tried to, but I received that message loud and clear. And eventually I realized that I had no choice but to find a way to bring our family back together. 
So this particular story, which goes into greater detail about how he got to know this family in the first place, how little they actually interacted, and what an amazing impact this family who just lived out their vocation to Christian marriage as well as they could, eventually brought about the healing of a marriage, totally unbeknownst to them. It's a beautiful reflection about how we can't really gauge the impact our lives have on others. We don't always know the ways that God uses our faithfulness, our pursuit of holiness, in order to draw others into that same pursuit. This man talked about how it was eventually his own conversion, his own experience of God's mercy in his life that eventually brought him to that point where he was able to take seriously the possibility that he might be called to reconcile with his wife and reunite with her, which in fact they eventually did. And I don't mean to tell that story that that's always the right thing to do in a particular situation. Life is complicated. It gets ugly. It gets messy. There's no one right path that we have to follow in order to be righteous. But the lesson that I think we all can draw from this story, I'll share with you now. He said it was coming to know God that gave him the power of resting in his love and in his grace that gave him the freedom to ask the question, so what? About the difficulties in his life. Take, for instance, his marriage. He could say, I'm unhappy in this marriage. So what? I'm disappointed with this marriage. So what? We're having financial difficulties. So what? We seem to become incompatible. So what? We've gotten older and gained weight. So what? My spouse, my spouse has developed bad habits or bad health or an addiction or mental illness. So what? I've met someone I like better than my spouse. So what? He discovered that for every fear, every objection, every worry, every regret, he could answer, so what? Because of what had happened with his relationship with God. And he discovered that his marriage was more important than any reservation he could come up with. Something like that is possible for every one of us, regardless of the situation we find ourselves in. My health is declining. So what? I don't like my boss. So what? My priest's homilies are boring. So what? It doesn't mean I'm going to pretend my problems don't exist. That's not what so what in this context means, at least I don't think. We don't pretend our problems aren't there in order to solve them. What this means, or what this man experienced as freedom and rest, 
in Jesus, who helps him carry his burdens, is that, well, it's not my good health. It's not liking my boss. It's not having everything in my life, in my life just the way I'd like it that brings me rest. It's the Lord that does that. It is Jesus. It is the saints. That gives us the freedom to address and confront our problems, precisely not to pretend that they're not there or to get rid of them or to walk away from them. With the help of Jesus, we navigate these difficult waters, whether that's in my marriage, whether that's in my neighborhood or my community or my family or my church. We'll do this together. Even if it feels like sometimes I gotta do all the paddling and the steering and plug all the holes in the boat. Instead of fretting or daydreaming about something that might have been better, we accept whatever might have been, this is the reality that I'm living right now, that Jesus is with me in it, and there I find my rest. This is a message of tremendous hope hope for a world that is hurting, for a world that is excluded and hopeless. Our relationship with the Lord, our friendship with Jesus who invites us to come to him, those of us who feel the weight of our burdens and to receive the rest that only he can give. And in that way, we experience that joy the joy which is at times touched with sorrow and pain, but that nonetheless is the joy that comes to us through the abasement of God's Son, who raised up a fallen world. And on those who have been rescued from the slavery to sin is bestowed eternal gladness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So just a couple of clarifications I'd like to add. I'm not in the habit of doing this, but some feedback that I got from my homily today suggested to me that um, just a little specification might be in order. So just a few things. First, this little two-word response, so what? This is a tool that we can use and apply to ourselves, not to others. Anytime we're approached with concerns, or someone has a legitimate complaint, of course, the right thing to do in that situation is to let them know that they're heard, really, to, to be attentive to them and to respond in love, not with indifference or belittling their problem. This is always something that I'm inviting all of us, including myself, to apply to ourselves rather than to others. The second thing is that it presupposes we're being treated with decency. It's not a situation of abuse or serious mistreatment. Though there are examples among the saints, indeed, our, our Savior himself manifested this willingness to accept unjust treatment. And they do so as a step along their path to humility, at least among the saints. I don't mean to imply that about Jesus. However, choosing to do that is an exceptional thing. It has to be discerned, preferably with a, a spiritual guide, with consultation with others. It's not something to be taken lightly and certainly is not something to be imposed as a rule, as if that's always the right thing to do. It's not. It has to be discerned 
and in cases where there is abuse present, it may be the right thing to do to step away to create separation in a marriage or in any other situation where that abuse or mistreatment is present. Finally, I would especially like to clarify that this applies to situations where I'm facing a difficulty in persevering on a righteous path, a path that requires virtue or sacrifice or obedience for the sake of the truth or for the sake of justice, right? All of those conditions should be present for us to be using this little, this little phrase, so what? Lord, help me find rest in you in the midst of this cross. And finally, perhaps I should have added this in the homily, but I think the person to whom we are to pour out our complaints is Jesus himself, to approach him with confidence, to tell him about our difficulties, to speak to him of the situations in my life that I find unbearable and that I particularly find to be the result of my decision to follow him. Of course, he knows these things before we tell him, but part of the intimacy of the spiritual life is that we have a chance to speak to him and tell him about these things that intensifies and solidifies the burdens, or excuse me, the bond that we have with him. He wants this. He invites this. Come to me, he says. Come to me and I will give you rest. So I hope those are some helpful clarifications for my remarks today. While I have you here, just a couple more things. First, I started a new podcast, the Christ the King Story Hour. During the lockdown, of course, all of our students from our Catholic school at Christ the King here in Kansas City, Kansas, went home and I started to read them a story aloud. thought it would be a way for us as we set out on the path of shifting to a Catholic classical liberal arts curriculum at our elementary school to get a story together, to be listening to it together. And you're certainly welcome to join us on that if you would like. The story that we chose is a children's adaptation of the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's called The Children's Homer, and you can subscribe or listen to that podcast here on Anchor or any of your podcast distribution platforms like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and, so, and of course, on the web at anchor.fm. So you'd be welcome to join us for that. Finally, I don't put ads on this podcast. I never will. I don't think that's quite appropriate to be revenue-driven for a homily cast. But if you wish to financially support this podcast and the costs, the small costs that it incurs, you can donate at anchor.fm slash hucklefather slash support. And I'll put that link in the show notes if you would like. Thank you for listening. I hope this homily cast continues to help you along your path to holiness and to heaven. God bless.